0: if you are a woman's best option, she is going to be sweet as pie. She is going to be putting in effort. She is going to be sexually available. She is going to be gentle, patient, easygoing. This is the type of relationship that a lot of guys are looking for, and it does not require work. On the other hand, if she is difficult, or distant, or inconsistent, or impatient, or demanding, or whatever, it's almost always because she believes that she could do better. Maybe she had a better option in the past, who may not have wanted the kind of relationship that she did. Maybe she is comparing herself to her friends or social media, or maybe she's just delusional about her value and expectations. The reason doesn't really matter. The upshot is that you're not going to have a good time, and you'll be putting in more and more effort for smaller and smaller returns. The smart move is to select women who understand that they're lucky to be there. Anything less is a job.
1: What? Hey, 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 hey. Oh, play it one more time can we uh, listen uh, the, the voice of reason is in the building tonight and what's crazy is a brother at the cigar lounge gave me this topic today he said a lot of women nowadays don't feel lucky to be with a guy a good guy a quality guy because they have so many options. And I said to him, I said,
2: well,
1: what if. Just because you have a lot of options doesn't mean that the options are good options. But what he said was, he said, ah, but the caveat is they have comparable options. I said, well, those are lateral moves you know because if you move up you're going to there's a different level of expectation so he was like yo i'm going to give you some questions and i said well here we go and then now i'm hip to this uh the guy that we just played i'm hip to his channel his youtube channel and he plays a lot of interesting stuff or he has a lot of interesting perspectives and the guy sent me that clip I said, yo, you hip to this dude? He was like, yeah. I said, all right, I'm hip to him, too. Let me look at the clip. I I, I watched the clip. I said, a very interesting perspective. So I want to play the clip one more time because I want you guys to soak in what was said. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to invite you into this national discussion to get your perspective on it. Play it again, Andy.
0: If you are a woman's best option, she is going to be sweet as pie. She is going to be putting in effort. She is going to be sexually available. She is going to be gentle, patient, easygoing. This is the type of relationship that a lot of guys are looking for and it does not require work. On the other hand, if she is difficult or distant or inconsistent or impatient or demanding or whatever, it's almost always because she believes that she could do better. Maybe she had a better option in the past who may not have wanted the kind of relationship that she did. Maybe she is comparing herself to her friends or social media, or maybe she's just delusional about her value and expectations. The reason doesn't really matter. The upshot is that you're not going to have a good time and you'll be putting in more and more effort for smaller and smaller returns. The smart move is to select women who understand that they're lucky to be there. Anything less is a job.
1: Okay. So here's my take real quick before I get into my questions and framing up the topic. Good people should be lucky that they found each other. I'm going to say that off rip. Good people should be lucky that they found each other. Because what's, what's deep is the way American culture is set up. You've heard me talk about a toxic society. You've heard me talk about a materialistic transactional society, right? So what happens is men with options typically are men with resources. Right. Just because a man has uh, options and resources doesn't mean he's a good man. So now the question becomes, if you find a good man, which, by the way, does not mean he isn't a work in progress, or a flawed man, or a man with internal issues that he still has to work on. But if you find a good man who just so happens to have resources, you should consider yourself lucky. And I would say vice versa, right? If a brother, a man with resources, finds a work in process, that is a work in progress, a whip, that is a sister. She's still a human being. She's still got her own issues and whatever. But she's a good woman. Right? She's kind. She's nurturing. She's considerate. She's respectful. And she, too, has resources. He should consider himself lucky as well. This leads me into tonight's topic. I want to know your perspective and your opinions tonight. You already know this is a non-judgmental space. Non-judgmental space. I need you guys to call in. And share your thoughts from all over the country. I want to hear from some of my favorites, but I also want to hear from the City of Angels during this rainy night. I want to hear from the City of Angels. Get to your phone lines. The number to dollars is one 80 Tonight's topic: She got options, not options, options. Because if she got options, believe me. She's going to hop from option to option to see, to gauge. (laughs) We got options, right? Isn't that what we do when we have a lot of options? We hop from option to option to see, you know, which one is the best suited for us. (laughs) She got options. If her interest slows up, it could be because A better option showed up. How to call a relationship audible. Ooh, Lord. Is it possible to be someone's best option within an intimate relationship? True or false. If he or she is constantly checking out other people or flirting with others in front of you. It could be a sign that he or she is not fully committed to the relationship. one 800 15 1580 True or false, if he or she frequently cancels plans or is always busy with other things, it may indicate that he or she is prioritizing other options over you. True or false, if he or she is constantly talking about other potential partners or exes, it could be a sign that he or she is not fully invested in the current relationship. What do you think about these t- questions? Aren't we options to everybody? Uh-oh, I, I don't want, I, 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 I'll wait before I start pontificating. I'm sorry, I'll wait. True or false, if he or she is always seeking validation and attention from others, it may suggest that he or she is not satisfied with the attention they receive from you. Now, we talked about priorities the other, day, the other night, Monday. Priorities. Now we're talking about options. <laughs> if you're a priority, that means somebody is always trying to do something to make the relationship work, but they don't really want it to work. They just try, right? And if they try, I guess that's enough, right? A priority. But tonight, are you a (laughs) option? True or false? If he or she is constantly comparing you to other people or making you feel inadequate, it could be a sign that he or she is looking for someone better. Can I ask the question tonight? Is the grass greener? How often is the grass greener than where you're standing currently? 1-800-9-2015-8. I I just do that. I I, want to know what y'all think. True or false, if he or she is easily swayed by the opinions or advances of others, it may suggest that he or she lacks a strong sense of self and is easily influenced by external factors. Goodness gracious, what do y'all think about these questions? These questions crazy, right? We got options. If he or she, or, or, or if her interest, or if his or her interest slows up, it could be because a better option has showed up. Are we really? Let me just ask. In 2022, in 2023. And I need to talk to Andy on this. Andy. In 2023, are we really trying to be someone's choice? Someone's best choice? Yeah. Why? I'm just asking.
3: It's an ego thing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We want to be number one, always, at all times. Mm. Nobody else. Just me.
1: I can smoke a bag of that. (laughs) Hey! Me too. Andy is out here preaching the gospel of the Lord this evening. But shouldn't you choose me for me? And not you. Because if I am your best option, would that mean you are choosing me for yourself as opposed to choosing me for us, Andy? Repeat that one more time. I'm just saying. People choose what's best for them. So if they're choosing a person as quote unquote the best option. Are they choosing that person for us or are they choosing that person for themselves?
3: Well, for themselves, because how can it get to us when she probably doesn't know me like that yet? Mm -hmm. It's going to take some time for it to get to us.
1: (laughs) So you okay with being her best option?
3: Oh, man, I feel like I'm the wrong person to yeah. ask. I feel like, you know, at, at a time when I was single, you know, uh, OT Genesis, he has a a line in one of his songs called "Bay," where he talks about being uh, the side dude. Mm. And I think, I can't speak for all men, but I don't think we had a problem being a choice or an option for that matter. Back in the day. Back in the day. Just
1: long as we score.
3: Absolutely, 100%.
1: I see what you mean. Oh, hey! <laughs> Hey, In today's transactional and materialistic society, the dynamics of intimate relationships have become increasingly complex. On tonight's show, we endeavor to explore the concept of hypergamy as well as Robert Green's 48 Laws of Power to shed light on the impact of having many options in relationships. Additionally, tonight's show will try to address the questions posed aiming to provide a logically well-balanced and intellectually sound and psychologically and clinically in-depth analysis. Ooh, Lord, we about to get deep. I'm opening up the phone lines early if you want to call in and share your thoughts. Please do so. I have so much more to talk about, but the number to dial to bring your city into this national conversation is 1-800-920-1580.
4: It can feel very weird and a bit threatening to talk about taking the pressure off a relationship. Our collective inherited romantic culture likes to imagine functioning couples doing more or less everything together and being the centre of each other's lives. The good couple is, we're told, one in which two people mean more or less everything to one another. In a sound relationship, we're supposed to meet each other's needs in every area of existence, from sex to intellectual stimulation, cooking styles to bedroom habits. We're supposed to lead our social life in tandem, be the primary sounding board for one another's problems and complete each other in spirit and in matter. If they're involved in a sport, we should at once join in or at least come along and support them every weekend. If we want to visit a particular country, they're supposed to trot along enthusiastically with us our friends are meant to be their friends. It all sounds sweet, but it is, over the long term, a recipe for disaster. No two people can ever match each other across all areas of existence, and the attempt to do so inevitably ushers in bitterness and rage. We have, at the collective level, given ourselves a hugely unhelpful picture of how love should go. Any independent move is read like a sign that we can't actually love one another. It's taken to be evidence of imminent danger if we visit other countries on our own or sleep apart. So we end up badgering each other to do things that we don't really like. We force each other to endure tedious hobbies or see each other's peculiar old friends. Not even because we inherently want to do so, but simply because any other arrangement has come to seem like evidence of betrayal. A more realistic and, in the proper sense, romantic view of couples would suggest that there do have to be a few strong areas where we meet each other's needs, but there should also be plenty of others where we're clearly better off pursuing our goals on our own. Consider the following list of independent activities and give them stars from one to five if they strike you as relevant. I'd like to travel without my partner have dinner one-to-one with a friend, be able to go to a party without my partner and not have them feel left out, visit my parents alone, have my own financial adviser, go for long walks on my own, have a separate bathroom, go shopping with a friend rather than with my partner. Look at each other's stars and lists. Is there anything that you feel you could accommodate? We should recognise that a degree of independence isn't an attack on a partner. It's a guarantee of the solidity of the underlying commitment one has made. Truly stable couples aren't those that do everything together. It's those that have managed to interpret their differences in non-dramatic and non-disloyal terms. Ultimately, a reduction of dependence doesn't mean a relationship is unravelling. It means that we have learned to focus more clearly and intently on what the other person can actually bring us, and have stopped blaming them for not being someone they never were. Wow! We no longer need to be.
1: That was heavy. That's heavy, and I'm going to tell you why. We might accuse our partner of engaging in their various options if they're. At a space and time in their lives where they're locked into their independence. They're locked into their me time. We might see that as, or our insecurity may see that as, oh, you got something else going on. Right? Again, here's my true or false question. Right? True or false, if he or she is always looking for excitement and novelty in relationship, it could be a sign That he or she is not satisfied with the stability and security you provide. Maybe it has nothing to do with you. Sometimes our insecurity answers questions that really our clear mind, our objective mind should be able to answer. But if you've been through some things, you might feel some kind of way. But let's not forget we live. In a toxic society, people tend to not take this society's toxicity level serious. But you should. Hypergamy and power dynamics. Hypergamy refers to the tendency of individuals, particularly women, to seek partners of higher social status or resources. Right? Right? In a transactional society where materialistic values are emphasized, hypergamy can influence one's interest in a potential significant other. The desire for better options can lead to a consistent evaluation of alternatives, potentially impacting commitment levels within a relationship. Look at that. Robert Greene's 48 Laws of Power. Greene's 48 Laws of Power provides insights into power dynamics within relationships. While some of these laws may seem manipulative, understanding them can help individuals navigate the complexities of modern relationships. Applying these laws can help individuals maintain their power and influence, ensuring they maintain a desirable option (laughs) <laughs> they remain a, a desirable option for their partner. When we come forward, we're going to tap into what Robert Greene thinks about all of these options and how actually they may break down modern day relationships.
2: Brainy Dose presents 13 Things Women Do That Push Men Away. Let's begin by saying that generally, no one sets out to sabotage their relationship. Most of us have the best intentions. We want things to work out and we try to be the perfect partner. We put our hearts on the line and invest ourselves fully, expecting a positive outcome. Although that's not always how things turn out. It seems like men and women have entirely different mindsets when it comes to love and relationships. Something mundane that seems reasonable or even expected behavior for a woman might be a total deal-breaker for a man. In today's video, we're going to focus on some of the biggest mistakes women make that push men away. Number 1 – Overanalyzing One of the biggest mistakes women make is overanalyzing everything. Men usually say and do things without overthinking every move or word while women can spend hours analyzing the nuances in every statement or act. Yeah, it's hard not to overthink everything when you just start seeing someone since you don't know how the other person thinks or where they stand. However, overanalyzing everything a guy says and does is going to make you come across a bit obsessive. There's no need to blow things out of proportion if he texts you a little less than the day before, or when he responds a little later than usual. Constantly obsessing over the small stuff and confronting him about things that seem suspicious to you is a surefire way to make things uncomfortable, fast. Number 2 – Not Giving Enough Space You can't really blame a guy for wanting some space. You're probably the same way too, to some degree. Yes, there are a lot of guys who want more space so they can have their cake and eat it too, but the majority of them aren't like that. Most guys simply just want some space to be on their own or to hang out with their buddies. They don't want to feel in prison. It's rather stressful to a guy when his partner thinks that he's being selfish or that he's...
1: uh, Okay. Some of it is good. Some of it ain't. Okay. Some Some of the relationship talk be childish. Some of it does. And and the space part is I get the space part. That's yes. You, you know, togetherness and closeness, you know, makes a healthy relationship, right? Healthy, healthy separate time and healthy togetherness time, all of that makes it good. I, I get that. But maintaining options while you're in a relationship, right? Can you be somebody's best option? Well, that means you would have had to be in some type of competition, maybe unbeknownst to you, right? If you come to the surface as the best available option, that means somebody was weighing their options. And in this context, weighing their options means comparing you against others am I better off with this person or not some people say that's pretty smart to do well i beg to differ why because of where we live because of how we live how we relate it's rare to find a self-aware human being it's it's rare to find an accountable human being it's rare to find a human being that has several trophies in their spirit trophy case that signify internal victories over their own demons. It's rare to find those kind of people. So a lot of these rules apply to people that are really out here playing the game, which is why they have options, which is why they maintain options. Have you ever been in a relationship with a person that always had another person adjacent? Just over here in the corner, kicking it, waiting for, put me, the the put me in coach person. What would you say? Oh, that's my friend. Oh, that's my friend. It's a real situation out here in these streets. That's why I love integrating Robert Greene into today's topic. In the realm of human relationships, the interplay between hypergamy and the principles outlined in Robert Greene's 48 Laws of Power unfold a complex tapestry that weaves through the psychological, emotional, and spiritual dimensions of individuals. Hypergamy, the tendency to seek a partner of higher social standing, and Greene's laws... Uh, strategies, that they call them, for navigating power dynamics intersect in a dance that influences human connections on a profound level. Hypergamy, often dissected in the context of romantic relationships, echoes an intimate, or excuse me, an innate drive for evolutionary advantage. Are we really getting into relationships because we want the upper hand? We want some type of advantage? Uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a sociobiological inclination where individuals seek partners who provide enhanced resources, security, and or status. In this pursuit, Green's law derived from historical observations and timeless wisdom serve as a guide to understanding and harnessing the power dynamics in diverse social settings. Law number one, never outshine the master. Resonates with the cautionary aspect of hypergamy. How so? When engaging in relationships, whether Personal or professionals, individuals must be mindful of not overshadowing their partner or associates. In this context, or in the context of hypergamy, the fear of being outshone might lead to a delicate balance where one's brilliance is subtly expressed, allowing the partner to maintain a perceived superior position. So what is that saying? Don't outshine your dude. Or he gonna look for his other options. Many women have told me. They can't really show their true intelligence around men. Because men don't like to be told things. That's what I've heard. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Never outshine the master. How many sisters have to quiet their intelligence? Hmm? Have to shut it down in the presence of not only they do. Dude, but dudes in general. Definitely at work. Show your boss up. Show your boss they wrong in front of everybody. Don't you also have to do that with your man? Because you kind of emasculate him. If you don't let him have to win. Because, you know, men like to fix everything, right? You say, "Uh, sir, you're going about that all wrong. <laughs> you have no idea what you're doing. He going to feel some kind of way, right? Never outshine the master in your relationship. And I guess if you do that, it will cause him to tap into his little toolbox of options. Hmm. I need to know, ladies and gentlemen, you know your relationships are, are a struggle. Talk, talk to me tonight. The number of dollars, 1-800-920-1580. When we come forward, I'm going to go into more of Robert Greene's kind of juxtaposition here of how we create and maintain these options because of the little things we do to each other in intimate relationships. Legendary Stevie Wonder. My playlist is my co-host. You heard from The Emotions, Best of My Love. And now we go on to Higher Ground by Stevie Wonder. You already know what it is. So Williams, the voice of reason is on fire tonight. We're talking about options, options that keep us hopping around. Why do I have these kind of conversations? Because I keep trying to push the narrative that relationships are more spiritual than they are social. Or at least they should be. But the reality of it is many of us play these games. We maintain options. What I like to call options, where we keep hopping around from person to person. Because we haven't really done any self-work. And tonight, we are integrating many different facets. From Robert Greene's 48 Laws of Power. Concepts around hypergamy why people would have options. That's why we played the clip earlier today where, uh, what's my man's name? I forgot my my guy's name. The first clip we played, we played him twice. But we have several clips from him tonight. We'll get his name and give uh, give you his name. But uh, he was basically saying in the first clip that if a woman pulls away from you, that a, if a woman is uh, difficult with you, argumentative with you, uh, uh, doesn't uh, give you any uh, uh, of her cookie, as he said, uh, especially if you guys spend a lot of time together. She's pulled that off the table as well. He said typically women do that because they have a better option in place. Interesting. Robert Greens, law number 15 says crush your enemy totally. Introducing an uh, interesting dynamic to hypergamy in the pursuit of an elevated social standing, individuals may perceive others as potential threats or competitors. Is this why people uh, are jealous and you get with somebody and they be on your social media to make sure that nobody else is stalking you or following you or commenting or liking They want to crush the competitors, crush your enemy totally, Law 15, right? Hypergamy, while driven by a fear of being surpassed, can trigger Machiavellian strategies to eliminate perceived threats. The intricate dance between seeking a higher status and neutralizing potential rivals reflect the psychological complexities inherent in power dynamics. So are we saying that if I choose you as my best option, I also have to make sure that I'm your best option by eliminating my competition? How do I do that? Well, in this type of society, bigger and better things. More money, more money, more cars, more bling, more flash, more, right? D- do you see what I'm laying down here right now? What we do to maintain? Nobody says more empathy, more compassion, more understanding, more love. Let me tell you something. In this society, all that stuff is deemed as soft. For many people. Do you do you know how often I talk to people. On a regular basis. And when you start to introduce. Higher concepts of relating. Like empathy. Like understanding. Like caring. Like consideration. They go oh yeah. But I, you can't do that forever. How long are you supposed to sit there. And take this mess. Do you understand what I'm saying. I'm just saying the average person will say, yeah, you do that until they start taking advantage of that. That's because we live in a dog-eat-dog society. And offering grace and compassion and understanding to a person is almost like setting yourself up for failure. It's almost like you look like a relationship vic, like they're about to come rob you. Oh, this this is a goofy out here. I've heard the term game goofy. Oh, he game goofy. He finna get taken. Do you understand what I'm saying? Crush your enemy totally. We got callers on the line. Let me get them in here. This is why we got so many options, yo. This is why there's so many options out there. Because nobody trusts, or most people don't trust anybody. Let's get it. Attila from Houston, Texas, you're on the line first. Talk to us.
5: Uncle Joe, what's
1: up? Hey. How are you? I'm alive and well. How are you?
5: I'm well, I'm well, I'm well. All right, so I just got a few things to say um, about outshining the master. Uh, That works in the workplace quite well because you don't really have a whole lot of options there. I feel like within relationships, when you're trying to get to know the human being that you're dealing with, not so much. If I can outshine you, you're not the master in that area. And either you just accept that or it's going to be a constant space of conflict. And the thing is, there's going to be stuff where you're the master in that area and I'm not. So I don't necessarily understand this need to try and be the master of all things. You know, jack of all trades, and master of none. So but, to but
1: me, I will say this, I will say this, though, as an intelligent black woman, has your mm-hmm. intelligence served as uh, like this? This perfume that pulls men in or has it served as uh, somewhat of a skunk repellent that push men away? Because I mm-hmm. watch men mm-hmm. get a little funny style when a woman is too articulate and too intelligent. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts?
6: Mm hmm.
5: Um. I would say both. I mean, for the men that I ended up in relationships with, obviously it was a perfume. Um, And for those that it didn't work, it just didn't work. Mm. But I don't dim my light for anybody. I spent way too much time doing that with narcissistic family members. Mm. So I don't really see the need to do that in relationships. Now, that doesn't mean that I constantly put my intellect on a pedestal. I'm not going to constantly check you. I think there's a way to do certain things. Um, But I do feel like a lot of this hopping, as you say, happens because of Mm insecurities. If you're not secure within yourself and you're not secure with where you stand with that person, then, yeah, that might cause you to hop and think that the grass is greener on the other side or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And one thing, so when Andy brought up this situation, I thought it was interesting because, um, I think a lot of men see women or see how they look or how they carry themselves and think that she may have more options than she actually does. Mm. And, you know, for for a woman that's looking for value, for quality, she could have 50 dudes trying to hit her up. It doesn't matter. You might actually be that one person where she's like, I feel like I can connect with this guy. So to pull back, for me, that would just signal, oh, he don't, he don't really like me like that, mm. right? Like, And first of all, let me just say this too. I'm not the type of person to even put that whole relationship thing on the table first. I wait for men to do that, mm. for the simple fact of situations like this—it's the same thing where if you sleep with the guy too early and then he turns around and questions, "Well, is she? You know, is she sleeping with all these guys? Is she?" Because you know, like it almost strikes a certain level of insecurity, even though they had a part to play in you playing the role that you played. Wait, so, wait, hold on, Attila, you yeah. cooking. Girl,
1: you and Emerald Lagasse, y'all out here cooking. Hold tight when we come forward. More from Houston, Texas.
0: In order to illustrate how women punish the men they like, let's say you have two men and one guy, you could kind of take early. Decent, he's okay to have some fun with every once in a while, but you're not that emotionally invested. And the other guy, you really like. He's handsome, charming, makes you laugh, treats you well, and seems to have good potential. And the more emotionally invested you become. Which of these two men are you going to be annoyed at if he doesn't text you back right away? Which of these two men are you going to get jealous of if he spends time with other women. Which of these two men are you going to pester if he's not showing sufficient enthusiasm and doing what you want? You get what I'm saying? The second guy, whoever he is, apparently has been able to successfully attract you and engage your emotions. And as a consequence of that, he increasingly becomes the target of your negative emotions. If this guy doesn't feel like he's getting the same slack and permissiveness that you would give to the guy you don't give a shit about, he's not going to stick around If he has any decent optionality
1: no 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 no. if he has any decent optionality that's the piece I would play it again I listen are y'all listening to the way this what's this guy's name we we you gotta give me his name Andy because he hey he's a clinician he is a clinician And he comes from a clinical perspective. This is why I put him on the show. I'll find his name because Andy's struggling. Orion Orion Terriban. Did you hear? We did the show a few weeks ago when we talked about the, the, the fake nice guy. Do you understand? And he's saying. When men have high levels of options, right, when they have high level options, they're very intolerant of the wishy-washy ephemeral nature of women. Can you play that one more time? I want y'all to listen to what he said
0: in order to illustrate how women punish the men they like. Let's say you have two men and one guy, you could kinda take early. Decent, he's okay to have some fun with every once in a while, but you're not that emotionally invested. And the other guy, you really like. He's handsome, charming, makes you laugh, treats you well, and seems to have good potential. And the more emotionally invested you become. Which of these two men are you going to be annoyed at if he doesn't text you back right away? Which of these two men are you going to get jealous of if he spends time with other women. Which of these two men are you going to pester if he's not showing sufficient enthusiasm and doing what you want? You get what I'm saying? The second guy, whoever he is, apparently has been able to successfully attract you and engage your emotion. And as a consequence of that, he increasingly becomes the target of your negative emotions. If this guy doesn't feel like he's getting the same slack and permissiveness that you would give to the guy you don't give a about he's not going to stick around if he has any decent optionality
1: so so again his his youtube channel is called psych hacks with orion Terraban. psych hacks right what's very interesting because because you, you, the obvious answer from women is this he's talking about little girls he's not talking about uh anybody sophisticated Right? But there's something called human nature. If I give you a breadcrumb of me, but that breadcrumb got truffle oil on it, that breadcrumb has filet mignon, <laughs> king crab. <laughs> Deep blue sea oysters and uh, lobsters. If that little breadcrumb is the most delicious breadcrumb you've ever consumed. Listen, the breadcrumb when it's high quality represents mystery. Huh? Sometimes the nice guy's downfall is his availability. He's too available. He's too there. I, do, are you 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 hear what I'm trying to lay down? So <laughs> beef wellington breadcrumbs, you understand me? So it it incentivizes the desire for more. Now this is men and women, right? I'm telling y'all, this relationship stuff is Machiavellian at a certain level. The manipulation is crazy. You guys are used to me talking about the high spiritual stuff. Right? But I'm here to lay down a foundation for why relationships are problematic for most people. This is why we're having Cheesecake Factory conversations. Y'all saw the lady on... On uh you uh what was it on TikTok, uh reprimanding the girl, saying you gon' you don't get to take my son's money to take you to get something to eat. This is why we having foolish conversations like this, because of the toxicity of the environment in which we live. Everybody's on the come up. And I'm gonna tell you right now, most people don't know what to do with a really good person. Now, this isn't to let really good people off the hook. Most really good people in intimate relationships will hurt each other. That's just the way it goes. But most really good people in intimate relationships who hurt each other find a way back. Only the people that don't have tools can't find a way back just uh, i am just pointing it out, Attila from Houston, Texas, get in here,
5: Uncle Joe.
1: I'm cutting up, I know, I'm sorry,
5: uh, uh, no nah, that was that was that was lit, that was lit, I mean, okay, so I've watched some of that guy's videos, um I don't know why his content grates on my ears. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. um yeah, <laughs> it may be like. A- Maybe it's like the, the assumptions, right? This whole idea of like, well, she's talking to multiple guys, blah, 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 I'm like, what? So that's what men have been doing since the beginning of time, what's your point? Um, I mean, I'll say this. Um, as far as treating the, the guy that you don't like a certain type of way and all of that, I feel like that comes from this push to get women to keep your options open, keep your options open, keep your options open, that type of thing. And you end up acting out in ways that, are just not becoming, Mm -hmm. if you will, because there's a certain level of arrogance that comes with thinking that you have more options than you actually do. And I made a comment in the chat, right? Like your arrogance will price you right out of your own market. Mm -hmm. So, and that goes for (laughs) men and women. Stop that. Stop that. Right. If you genuinely are into a person, there's nothing wrong with taking time to actually get to know that person. But I think that people are so attached to their ideas and fantasies of that one person. And if that gets crushed, they feel like, well, this will crush me instead of saying, well, maybe I should actually just take my time. Right. Like, and again, that's just my opinion. I mean, but for the people out there that like having all those options and stuff, I mean, I, you know, what you like, it's not that hard. You know, what you, you know, if you're genuinely into this person or not, even with the availability piece, if I genuinely like a guy, I'm not going to lie. I don't be thinking twice about the fact that he maybe double or triple texting me. I'm not going to, oh, he texting me. That's not even going to go in my mind because I'm actually interested in the conversation and what's going on. Chances are we probably have multiple conversations going on in different platforms because we like each other that much. Mm -hmm. But if I'm not feeling you like that, I'm not going to keep talking to you. It's just, it's not, Mm but that's just me. That's just you. That's just me. That's
6: just me. That's just you, you
5: Guess uh, what? Other people be doing stuff differently. I don't know. <laughs> other people do different
2: things. That's you, <laughs> Yeah,
5: yeah. Attila.
2: I'm just saying. Like,
1: don't
5: <laughs> don't let your high your high opinion of yourself, um, like I said, price you out of a good thing. If you genuinely think that you found something good, like then just that. stick with it. And if it crashes, it crashes. Come
1: on. I like that. I Atala, guess yes. what you just did.
5: I brought
1: Houston in the building. Come on, H-Town and put it down. Where Los Angeles at? Hey, get to your phone lines. I want to talk to you. one 800 9 20 We on fire tonight. Is it possible to be someone's best option within an intimate relationship? You can't be someone's best option. You can only be your own best option. That's what I believe. What does that mean? You know, people's, you know, I, I've been saying things for over 25 years. And now people, you know, you're, you people then repackaged a lot of the stuff I didn't So let me tell you what it means to be your own best option. Right. Option one. Or question one. Should I look for validation outside of myself? No. The best option is from within. Should I look for happiness outside of myself? No. Self-approval, self-esteem, self-worth. No, no, no. All of these things, you are your best option in that regard. Become what you seek to interact with. See, one thing I ain't going to never stop being is a flawed human being. So when I accept the flaws within myself, when I accept my limitations, when I accept my mortality, I magnetize a person who also accepts those things about themselves and us collectively. So what does that mean? That means when we're on a relationship journey and we're stumbling We can always look up and say, can can you give me a hand to the person who's on the journey with? Yes, I can. Here we go. Right. That's these are healthy relationships. You stumble in an unhealthy relationship. Not only are you responsible because you fell and scraped your knee and their knee. Right. You're responsible for their medical bills and everything else. They they leaving now. You shouldn't have never fell. I didn't know you had bad knees. I didn't know you were even capable of falling. Well, I'm a human being. That's how you know you're in an unhealthy relationship. Terrible metaphor, but it, it worked in the end. Here we go. Callie Soul, Denver, Colorado. Get in here.
6: Peace, family.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to the show. Talk to me.
6: Um. So I used to be like a professional. <laughs> Exerciser of options, and I would do it in a way that I thought was like slick. Um, but then I realized, you know, it wasn't. Fast forward to today, I still think that it's very healthy for us to explore and and um, not try people out, but just get to know folks. If you're not in a committed relationship. And what I've learned is there are courageous and mature conversations that you can have. And if someone wants to lean in with you and explore with you and you have people that you're still dating, I, I think that it's very healthy to let people know, like, hey, I have somebody over here that wants to lean in with me. I'm going to go explore this, and I just want to let you know that because I do value you, mm-hmm. and there's a possibility that I might circle back around, and there's a possibility that I might not, but I just wanted to let you know, and I've done that recently, and that's a that's a jump. That's, a, that's like a leap for me
2: mm-hmm. because
6: I was absolutely fearful about it. At first, I'm like, they do going to think I have lost my mind And what I've learned is at the beginning of that conversation, sometimes fear does come up for people and they're like, yeah, you know, I don't want to just be an option on your list. But fast forward after I've, you know, explored an option and maybe do circle back around, I see where there is grace because there's that respect of, hey, you had enough courage to tell me what you were doing instead of trying to be slick, slick about it.
2: Mm,
1: I like that. And, you know, I'm guilty of all of that. I've done that. I, You know, I've done the opposite of what you just did.
2: You know. Hmm.
6: That's you know. what I'm saying. That's how I used to be. But I was like, I don't like the results that it's been getting me. So let me, you know, stretch myself and try it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's a, it's a courageous thing to do. Those are courageous conversations to have, yeah. but people will respect you in the long run, even if they don't like it up front. It's like, oh, right. you know, but and, again, and there's that respect factor there.
1: But that's big what you just said. They'll respect you in the long run. And the reverse of that, and I learned this firsthand, mm-hmm. if you don't do it, they lose respect for you.
6: Absolutely. Man, that's
1: big that's stuff. That's what I was saying. I didn't
6: like the results. You know, before, that loss of respect, I didn't like that. That's big stuff. Callie, what did you just do? I bought Denver in the building. Callie
1: Soul (laughs) just brought Denver, Colorado in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, you know, you know, you know, you know. Get ready, get ready, get ready. The conversation is just getting started. I want to talk to you. It's a national discussion. Your opinion, your voice matters. Let's have this conversation tonight we talking about options. Is it possible to be someone's best option within an intimate relationship? When we come forward, we got more callers. We going to Hawaii. We going to Oakland, and we going to a city near you. If you pick up your phone. So a happy home. Hey man, turn this off. Uh, Go, eh, Teddy, this is too much. Teddy Pendergast. What in the world is? My playlist is my co-host. Welcome back to the Voice of Reason. Man, live from KBLA Talk 1580. (sighs) Isn't it odd that options abound, right? Everybody wants to be with everybody. But we gravitate to the people that fit our internal curriculum. Wounds. Unhealed wounds. Unrequited wounds. Trauma. Whatever term you want to use. The ones we finally settle on. Are the ones that trigger us the most. Especially when we get to know them. After all the fronting is done with. Right? Right? They lock into us and spiritually open us up. How many people have you made better and walked away from them? That's like taking your car to a high-end detailer and getting it detailed and giving the keys to the detailer. See, many times we do that in intimate relationships. We go through things. And because... We haven't been taught that we're supposed to go through things. We haven't been taught the spiritual aspect of life on planet Earth. That relationship is a highly reflective holographic mirror that reflects our own internal curriculum back to ourselves. We haven't been taught that. Right. What we've been taught is the social game. Right. What we've been taught is the Disney game. And what happens is ego and imagery is leading the show. And when that image of your partner is cracked, you think this was never the person for me. But guess what? Because your image was cracked, it brought your attention to a mask you didn't even know you were wearing. All you got to do is go to therapy. They're going to show you, you fronting, you not the truth. Oh, you didn't speak up for yourself? Oh, you were lying to yourself. You were telling yourself not to speak up because you were telling yourself you didn't have the power to do so. Uh, But that's lying to yourself. You're going to find out that you've been wearing a mask you're going to find out that you haven't been the truth and you're going to find out in an indirect way that you are somehow responsible for situations you never really wanted to be in Woo. so we playing games and while we playing games what are we doing we're also maintaining contingency plans many of us are Hypergamy in law number 33. Discover, listen, ladies, listen, discover each man's thumb screw. This is law thirty-three from the 48 Laws of Power. Coverage. Listen now. I I need y'all to hear this. Does anybody have law uh uh the 30 uh The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. If you don't, go out and get it and read it. This is law number 33. Discover each man's thumbscrew. Converge in their emphasis on understanding the motivations and vulnerabilities of others. In the pursuit of a socially advantageous connection, individuals practicing hypergamy may instinctively seek to uncover the strengths and weaknesses of their potential partner. This aligns with Green's counsel to identify the proverbial thumb screw, a person's psychological leverage point. You mean to tell me? Pillow talking, sharing all your intimate secrets, revealing the truth of how you really feel about your daddy. Remember? Listen to me. You trying to in the what what era do we live in today? I'm going to tell you what era social media is. You know what era we live in today? The era of receipts. How many people getting recorded? How many uh snapshots you got? Huh? Compromising snapshot. Discover each man's thumbscrew. You uh, you've heard me. You've heard me frame it this way before. What did I call it? Social mercenaries. This heavy stuff tonight. Options. Everybody got options. Soon as these celebrities get out of a relationship, two weeks later, they in a relationship with somebody else. How did you get into a relationship with somebody else two weeks later or a month later or three months later? If you really cared about this person. How, wait a minute, how y'all, you done hooked up already? Wow. You know, some people can be talking to you for months after a breakup. Y'all could be friends talking for months. And what you don't know is that they've already on the side had something cultivated, waiting in the wings. That's what monkey branching is when we come forward. The voice of reason, going back to the phone lines, we're going to talk to all our people that's on the line. It's all y'all when we come forward.
0: If you like a man, if you're attracted to him, and you can see a potential future with him, you need to throw the good stuff at him as much as you can, as fast as you can. There are several reasons why this is a good idea. In the first place, withholding sexual opportunity doesn't work with men with a lot of options. As I discussed in the episode, how to have a fulfilling sexual relationship, if your diner is closed, your customers aren't just going to wait around in hunger. They're going to go to another restaurant. The only men on whom this strategy works tend not to have other places to eat. And it works because they reason that waiting at that restaurant will still get them fed faster than finding another option elsewhere. Since people want what other people want, I'm going to go out on a limb and predict that the man that you're targeting as your best option isn't going to be one of these guys. Women desire in groups. If you want him, other women do too. So this strategy isn't going to work with this guy.
1: Nah, you got to play that one more time because I, I don't listen. Did you, did you, did you hear what, are y'all listening? I, I, I know, okay, one more time, Andy, play it.
0: If you like a man, if you're attracted to him and you can see a potential future with him, you need to throw the good stuff at him as much as you can, as fast as you can. There are several reasons why this is a good idea. In the first place, withholding sexual opportunity doesn't work with men with a lot of options. As I discussed in the episode how to have a fulfilling sexual relationship, if your diner is closed, your customers aren't just going to wait around in hunger. They're going to go to another restaurant. The only men on whom this strategy works tend not to have other places to eat. And it works because they reason that waiting at that restaurant will still get them fed faster than finding another option elsewhere. Since people want what other people want, I'm going to go out on a limb and predict that the man that you're targeting as your best option isn't going to be one of these guys. Women desire in groups. If you want him, other women do too. So this strategy isn't going to work with this guy. If you
1: Man, I don't know. When you got options, listen, the, here's the reverse. If she's not giving you any of the attention, the focus, uh, she's not loving on you. She's not. And I'm not just talking about sexually intimate time where y'all connecting, y'all vibing, you're learning each other. She's pouring into you, you pouring in. If none of that is happening. <laughs> men with options are going to go somewhere else and eat. I'm I'm telling you this game out here is real. This is a real world. Listen, and here's the flip side. If she's not giving you that, who is she giving it to? (laughs) Is it possible to be someone's best option within an intimate relationship? If if you're not getting paid attention to, if you don't matter, somebody matter. Somebody matter. Just ain't you? It just ain't you. That's it. Okay, I'm sorry. Let's get these callers in here. Look, Andy is turked up too. Andy, go ahead.
3: It just got me thinking about a time when um you know I was interested in this one particular individual way back. And, um, I think she was interested too, but she didn't give up anything early, Mm -hmm. but she would tell me stories about how she in her past or whoever, you know, that she would give it up easily. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I asked a couple friends of mine and they were like, the reason why she probably ain't gave it up easily is because, you know, she, she views you as husband material.
1: Well, that's good.
3: And I was disappointed though.
1: No, don't be disappointed. At the time. You grew up a little bit. That's all. <laughs> That's good she held it. Hold it.
3: But I wanted it and she knew that I wanted it.
1: Uh, listen, Andy, don't don't. Don't have the authorities over here knocking <laughs> up I, but I wanted it. <laughs> no means no, Andy. Jesus. Okay, let's <laughs> Let's get our callers in here. John Mountain View, Hawaii, get in here.
7: Uh greetings and blessings, everyone. Uh what a dozo. Uh I'm going to be brief because I know there are other calls I want to hear. Mm-hmm. But um let me say this briefly. Um shoot. Uh, is it the game that we have to play or do we do we have to do we have the option to to, to check out? Sure you can check out. You can check it out any time. Well, it's not—it's not to the point of playing the game as it's being played because, again, I don't like what's being served. I don't like what's on the plate. I don't like the things that are going on. So, therefore, and furthermore, I'm gonna have my own—not game, but just truth. The so, simple fact is, is 100%. I want somebody to be real with me, so I'm gonna be real with them.
1: Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I agree with you.
7: But isn't that what we all want in relationships—someone who's going to be real? Take it to the job. If the simple fact that you're at a job and you know everybody's trying to get that, that corporate up the corporate ladder and get that prize. Mm. Don't you realize there's also givers in that same job that allow the work to continue to be done? And if you didn't have them in there, work wouldn't be done. Mm. I hear you. So again, back to the relationship. Mm-hmm. If the simple fact you're saying is, if you want somebody to be vulnerable with you, knowing they got to get cut, knowing they got to go through the, pro- the process and the pain and the suffering and everything else, aren't you in a relationship to share in that, in that relationship too? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So again, so again, I'm not saying layers, lay your soul on on the cross like Jesus, but don't you want the respect of Jesus? Just saying. That's
1: pretty much what you got to do when you're in a relationship. You gotta You got to get crucified. Right. So
7: then, if we are actually looking for the, the holistic spiritual side of a relationship and we all want it, and you know you want it, right? go through the war. But no, uh,
1: we live in a I didn't sign up for this era.
7: Excuse me, I did sign up for it, went to war many a time, so y'all can argue about the points that y'all get to. Enjoy that. respect
1: me though I love it I love it John guess what you just did I brought Mountain View Hawaii in the
0: building
1: Mountain View Hawaii in the building you already know what I gotta do let me just say hi to her first Nikki from the SIP we just gotta go forward but when we come forward we gonna talk to Nikki from the SIP Nikki how you doing you good, Nikki? Good evening, brother. I'm straight. How are you? I know you got some fire for me, okay? So you just hold tight. We're going to move forward. When we return, we're going to come right to you, all right? Boy, get ready. Buckle your seats. Nikki from The Sip about to hit us with something deep. Ladies and gentlemen, the VOR and his playlist. Man, Donnie Hathaway. Quite Possibly one of the greatest black male voices in the history of all voices. And I put him up against everybody. Teddy P, Luther. I, I don't care. Donny Hathaway is slept on. But you guys need to understand something about there's a method to my madness, right? The reason why... We talked about options tonight. The reason why we talked about Robert Greene's 48 Laws of Power and how it could be Machiavellian and manipulative. And we talked about the social game rules. And, more importantly, the reason why we played multiple clips from Psych Hacks. Right? It's a young man by the name of Orion. This is no disrespect to him. Orion, uh, what was his name? Orion Treadmill? Oh, or Orion Taraband. No disrespect to him. But the reason why I played a lot of his clips is because he's the white male clinical version of Kevin Samuels. The talking points. And he's using psychology to support, and it's just tapping in on a void that Kevin Samuels left when he died. So I I, I really wanted to just show y'all that because many of y'all are still playing that kind of game. You're not going to be fulfilled until you do that inner work. So that's what this whole show was really couched in just to show you a lot of our talking points come from this toxic society. And I've said on many occasions that Kevin Samuels, is the 48 Laws of Power version of relationships. I, I've, I've said that before. Let me get my callers in here. Nick from The Sip, get in here.
6: Hello, family.
1: How are you, sister?
6: I'm good. It's interesting that the first part of that young man's name is Terror, but that's just an observation.
1: How you doing? Um, How you
6: doing? I'm...
1: <laughs>
6: <laughs> just just observation. Got some food for thought. Um, One of the definitions of option kind of sums it up in the first three words. It says an offensive play. Mm -hmm. If we are talking about intimate relationships, there shouldn't be anything offensive going on. And we definitely shouldn't be playing because if you're in an intimate relationship, there are feelings involved. So we shouldn't be playing with people's feelings. Right. This is not a game. We, we keep you keep pointing out, helping the world try to understand. It's not a game. It's it's real, and people should treat their approach to relationships intimately with respect, like Mister Gilbreth was talking about, because it's not a game. Mm. If you are considering the word option then I would humbly submit that you are not talking about or in the mind space or the spirit space of being in an intimate relationship. Mm. Because when you get to that place, there are no other options. It's you and that person that you're choosing to be intimate, relating to. There's not other. It's us. That's it. And the other thing I wanted to point out, something very important that you said about going through and being crucified through the process of intimate relationship. I humbly submit that if you are willing to be crucified, then you will be promoted and elevated. Uh, Come on. Come on. God, When Jesus went to the wood and he hung there for us, He's the only dude that went, hung there, died, elevated, and was risen. That is a promotion and elevation. The same thing happens if you're willing in a real relationship, not a situationship. You too can be risen, elevated, and promoted. Mm, mm, mm.
1: That I don't I don't know listen there is a garden of gethsemane in your relationship there is a moment in your relationship where you do what jesus did when he said my god let this cup pass from me (laughs) right right not not of my will But he say, let let this cup pass from me. If I ain't got to die, please. Sometimes we want to quit, but sometimes you have to go through it in order to get to it.
6: Right. Talk to me. Because I mean, if you understand that the nature, first of all, we, we even in the in the chat, we're talking about. Um, women sometimes having to dumb down themselves to not outshine the master, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, but I should not ever have to be less of me for you to be you. That should should never be required. Right. Because when we are in relationship, again, the root of ship means exchange. Mm -hmm. If I am coming from a peaceful place, I am not seeking to harm you, or I'm not playing, mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. or or not being factual, or the the fake thing, right? Then, I am not coming to present myself in a way that you would have to be less than. Mm-hmm. We would we would be able to exist in the space together, and potentially both of us be elevated and risen. But w- whether that be uh, intellect or Emotion or resources, because you have to remember, a man or a woman that has resources, and I'm talking about money, expendable dollars, they always have options because they have resources. Right. Duh. But but every relationship is
1: going to give you an option. Right. To walk away or become the phoenix. Elevated and risen. Do, Do you see... But what I'm saying is in this society, and I need you to talk to me about this, Nikki, in this society, many people are walking away from the resurrection of the Phoenix. And I'm not talking about toxic relationships with somebody beating on you or somebody hurt. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying human beings with each other, being humans, failing each other, hurting each other. In this society, we walk away from the phoenix. Why is that?
6: We haven't realized the value of the burn.
0: Ooh.
6: See, there is a purification that comes from the burn. Um, I'll try and make it less painful. Mm. When you prune a plant, you cut the plant back so the plant comes stronger back, right? Mm-hmm. But pruning hurts. There is a purification in the pruning. The same thing happens in the fire from the phoenix, and that thing can, if you are willing to do the crucifying, so would that you? That thing can b- burn so strong and bright. That's the ones you talk about all week. But mm-hmm. you said that come through it, mm. <laughs> stay in it, and c- burn through.
1: But but you do you, you, you do realize that the options that exist now are the greatest escape mechanism
6: mm-hmm. from the burn. The... You gotta want that talk to me. You gotta want that. You gotta not wanna be the situation ship. Mm. men know what they're looking at. They know if this lady is going to cost them time, money, energy, effort, conversation. And they also know whether or not they're in a space where they're willing to give it. It's easy for a man to give you some money. That's not hard for a man to do. Right. But now when you start time and conversation, and you got to hold me and hug me. and you Okay, that's different. Mm-hmm that's a different kind of demand see now you're starting the fire to burn when you get to that okay we gotta stop because we only got 30 seconds. nikki lord have mercy
1: nikki don't make me do the burn tomorrow nikki from the (laughs) sip listen sean from oakland ronan from indianapolis i'm sorry brothers she was just on complete fire listen When we come forward, you're going to see the fire continues to burn. My girl, RSVP with Jill Monroe up next. This was crazy.